Story 5 of Retief, Intergalactic Diplomat in Space, Edward Short Sci-Fi, Volume 5. The Madman from Earth, by Keith Laumer. Chapter 1. The Council for the Terrestrial States, Retief said, presents his compliments, etc., to the Ministry of Culture of the Grotian Autonomy, and with reference to the Ministry's invitation to attend a recital of interpretive grimacing, has the honour to express regret that he will be unable— You can't turn this invitation down, Administrative Assistant Mule said flatly. I'll make that, except with pleasure. Retief exhaled a plume of cigar smoke. Miss Mule, he said, in the past couple of weeks I have sat through six light concerts— Four attempts at chamber music, and God knows how many assorted folk art festivals. I've been tied up every off-duty hour since I got here. You can't offend the Gwasi, Miss Mule said sharply. Council Waffle would never have been so rude. Waffle left here three months ago, Retief said, leaving me in charge. Well, Miss Moyle said, snapping off the dictator. I'm sure I don't know what excuse I can give the minister. Never mind the excuses, Retief said. Just tell him I won't be there. He stood up. You leaving the office? Miss Moyle adjusted her glasses. I have some important letters here for your signature. I don't recall dictating any letters today, Miss Moyle, Retief said, pulling on a light cape. I wrote them for you, so just as Consul Waffle would have wanted them. Did you write all of Waffle's letters for him, Miss Mule? Consul Waffle was an extremely busy man, Miss Moyle said stiffly. He has complete confidence in me. Since I'm cutting out the culture from now on, Retief said, I won't be so busy. Well, Miss Moyle said. May I ask where you'll be if something comes up? I'm going over to the Foreign Office archives. Miss Moyle blinked behind thick lenses. Whatever for? Retief looked thoughtfully at Miss Moyle. You've been here on Gorak for four years, Miss Moyle. What was behind the coup d'etat that put the President government in power? I'm sure I haven't pried into what about that terrestrial cruiser, the one that disappeared out this way about ten years back. Mr. Retief, those are just the sort of questions we avoid with the Gorasi. I certainly hope you're not thinking of openly intruding. Why? The Guasi are a very sensitive race. They don't welcome outworlders raking up things. They've been gracious enough to let us live down the fact that terrestrials subjected them to deep humiliation on one occasion. You mean when they came looking for the cruiser? I, for one, am ashamed of the high-handed tactics that were employed, grilling these innocent people as though they were criminals. We try never to reopen that wound, Mr. Retief. They never found the cruiser, did they? Certainly not in Groak. Retief nodded. Thanks, Miss Mule, he said. I'll be back before you close the office. Miss Mule's face was set in lines of grim disapproval as he closed the door. The pale-featured Goassian vibrated his throat bladder in a distressed bleat. Not to enter the archives, he said in his faint voice. The denial of permission, the deep regret of the archivist. The importance of my task here, Reedy said, enunciating the glottal dialect with difficulty. My interest in local history. The impossibility of access to outworlders. Depart quietly. The necessity that I enter. Specific instructions of the archivist. The creation's voice rose to a whisper. To insist no longer to give up this idea. Okay, Skinny, I know when I'm licked, Retief said in turn. To keep your nose clean. Outside, Retief stood for a moment, looking across at the deeply carved windowless stucco facades lining the street, then started off in the direction of the terrestrial consulate general. A few Croatians on the street eyed him furtively, veered to avoid him as he passed. Flimsy, high-wheeled ground cars puffed silently along the resilient pavement. 
The air was clean and cool. At the office, Miss Mule would be waiting with another list of complaints. Reedy studied the carving stone over the open doorways along the street. An elaborate one picked out in pinkish paint seemed to indicate the Croatian equivalent of a bar. Reedy went in. A Croatian bartender was dispensing clay pots of alcoholic drink from the bar pit at the centre of the room. He looked at Reedy and froze in mid-motion, a metal tube poised over a waiting pot. To enjoy a cooling drink, Reetief said to Goetian, squatting down at the edge of the pit, to sample a true Goetian beverage. To not enjoy my poor offerings, Goetian mumbled, a pain in the judicial sex to express regret. To not worry, Reetief said, irritated, to pour it out and let me decide whether I like it. To be grappled in by peacekeepers for poisoning of foreigners. The barkeep looked around for support, found none. The Goetian customers, eyes elsewhere, were drifting away. To get the lead out, Reedief said, placing a thick gold piece in the dish provided, to shake a tentacle. The procuring of a cage, a thin voice called from the sidelines. The displaying of a freak. Reedief turned. A tall Croatian vibrated his mandibles in a gesture of contempt. From his bluish throat coloration, it was apparent the creature was drunk. To joke in your upper sick, the bartender hissed, extending his eyes toward the drunk. To keep silent, little mate of drones. To swallow your own poison, dispenser of vileness, the drunk whispered. To find a proper cage for this zoopies, he waved toward Retief. To show this one in the streets like all freaks. Seen a lot of freaks like me, have you? Retief asked, interestedly. To speak intelligibly, melodious Earthwelder, the drunk said. The barkeep whispered something, and two customers came up to the drunk, took his arms and helped him to the door. To get the cage, the drunk shrilled. To keep the animals in their own stinking place. I've changed my mind, Reedy said to the bartender, to be grateful as hell, but have to hurry off now. He followed the drunk out of the door. The other Goetia released him, hurried back inside. Reedy looked at the weaving alien. To be gone, freak, the Goetia whispered. To be pals, Reedy said, to be kind to dumb animals. To have you hauled away to a stockyard ill-odored foreign livestock. To not be angry, fragrant native, Reedy said, to permit me to chum with you. To flee before I take a cane to you. To have a drink together, to not endure such insolence. The Croatian advanced toward Retief. Retief backed away. To hold hands, Retief said. To be palsy walsy. The Croatian reached for him, missed. A passerby stepped around him, head down, scuttled away. Retief backed into the opening to a narrow crossway and offered further verbal familiarities to the drunken local who followed, furious. Retief backed rounded a corner into a narrow alley-like passage, deserted, silent, except for the following Croatian. Retief stepped around him, seized his collar and yanked. The Croatian fell on his back. Retief stood over him. The downed native half-rose. Retief put a foot against his chest and pushed. To be not going anywhere for a few minutes, Retief said. To stay right here and have a nice long talk. Chapter 2 So you are. Miss Marl said, eyeing Retief over her lenses. So two gentlemen waiting to see you. Croatian gentlemen. Government men, I imagine. Word travels fast. Retief pulled off his cape. This saves me the trouble of paying another call at the foreign ministry. What have you been doing? They seem very upset. I don't mind telling you. I'm sure you don't. Come along and bring an official recorder. Two Croatia wearing heavy eye shells and elaborate crest ornaments, indicative of rank, rose as Retief entered the room. Neither offered a courteous snap of the mandibles, Retief noted. 
They were mad, all right. I am Sith of the Terrestrial Desk, Ministry of Foreign Affairs, Mr. Consul, the Talogroatian said in lisping Terran. I present slew of the internal police. Sit down, gentlemen, Retief said. They resumed their seats. Miss Moyle hovered nervously, then sat on the edge of a comfortless chair. Oh, it's such a pleasure, she began. Never mind that, Retief said. These gentlemen didn't come here to sip tea today. So true, Fifth said. Frankly, I've had the most disturbing report, Mr. Consul. I shall ask Slew to recount it. He nodded to the police chief. One hour ago, the Croatian said, a Croatian national was brought to hospital suffering from serious contusions. Questioning of this individual revealed that he had been set upon and beaten by a foreigner, a terrestrial to be precise. Investigation by my department indicates that the description of the culprit closely matches that of the terrestrian consul. Miss Moyle gasped audibly. Have you ever heard, Reedy said, looking steadily at Fifth, of a terrestrial cruiser, the ISV Terrific, which dropped from sight in this sector nine years ago? Really? Miss Moyle exclaimed, rising. I've washed my hands. Just keep that recorder going, Reedy snapped. I'll not be party. You'll do as you're told, Miss Moyle, Retief said quietly. I'm telling you to make an official sealed record of this conversation. Miss Moyle sat down. Fifth puffed out his throat indignantly. You reopened an old wound, Mr. Consul. You reopened an old wound, Mr. Consul. It reminds us of a certain illegal treatment of terrestrial hands. Hogwash, Retief said. That tune went over with my predecessors, but it hits a sour note with me. All our efforts, Miss Moyle said, to live down that terrible episode in you. Terrible? I understand that a terrestrial task force stood off Groak and sent a delegation down to ask questions. They got some funny answers and stayed on to dig around a little. After a week, they left. Somewhat annoying to the Goishi, maybe, the most, if they were innocent. If! Miss Moyle burst out. If, indeed, Fifth said, his weak voice trembling. I must protest your... Save the protests, Fifth. You have some explaining to do, and I don't think your story will be good enough. It is for you to explain this person who was beaten. Not beaten, just wrapped a few times to loosen his memory. Then you admit it worked, too. He remembered lots of things once he put his mind to it. Fifth rose. Shlew followed suit. I shall ask for your immediate recall, Mr. Consul. Were it not for your diplomatic immunity, I should do more. Why did the government fall, Fifth? It was just after the task force paid its visit, and before the arrival of the first terrestrial diplomatic mission. This is an internal matter. Fifth cried in his faint, Croatian voice. The new regime has shown itself most amiable to you terrestrials. It has outdone itself. To keep the terrestrial consul and his staff in the dark, Reedy said. The same goes for the few terrestrial businessmen you visited. There's continual round of culture, no social contacts outside the diplomatic circle, no travel permits to visit outlying districts or your satellite. Enough! Fifth's mandibles quivered in distress. I can talk no more of this matter. You'll talk to me, or there'll be a task force here in five days to do the talking, Retief said. You can't, Miss Moyle gasped. Retief turned a steady look on Miss Moyle. She closed her mouth. The Kowasi sat down. Answer me this one, Retief said, looking at Shlou. A few years back, about nine, I think, there was a little parade held here. Some curious-looking creatures were captured. After being securely caged, they were exhibited to the gentle Kowasi public. All through the streets, very educational, no doubt. A highly cultural show. Funny thing about these animals, they wore clothes, they seemed to communicate with each other. Altogether, it was a very amusing exhibit. Tell me, Shlu, what happened to those six terrestrials after the parade was over? 
Fifth made a choked noise and spoke rapidly to Schlu in Croatian. Schlu retracted his eyes, shrank down in his chair. Miss Mile opened her mouth, closed it, and blinked rapidly. How did they die? Retief snapped. Did you murder them, cut their throats, shoot them, or bury them alive? What amusing end did you figure out for them? Research, maybe? Cut them open to see what made them yell? No! Fifth gasped. I must correct this terribly false impression at once. False impression how, Reti said. They were Terrans. A simple narco-interrogation would get that of any Croatian who saw the parade. Yes, Fifth said weakly. It is true. They were terrestrials, but there was no killing. They're alive? Alas, no. They died. Miss Moyle yelped faintly. I see, Reti said. They died. We tried to keep them alive, of course. But we did not know what foods. Didn't take the trouble to find out either, did you? They fell ill, Fifth said, one by one. We'll deal with that question later, Reedy said. Right now, I want more information. Where did you get them? Where did you hide the ship? What happened to the rest of the crew? Did they fall ill before the big parade? There were no more. Absolutely, I assure you. Killed in the crash landing. No crash landing. The ship descended intact east of the city. The terrestrials... Unharmed. Naturally, we feared them. They were strange to us. We'd never before seen such beings. Stepped off the ship with guns blazing, did they? Guns? No, no guns. They raised their hands, didn't they? Asked for help. You helped them. Helped them to death. How could we know? Fifth moaned. How could you know a flotilla would show up in a few months looking for them, you mean? That was a shock, wasn't it? I bet you had a brisk time of it hiding the ship and shutting everybody up. A close call, eh? We were afraid, Schlu said. We were simple people. We feared the strange creatures from the alien craft. We did not kill them, but we felt it was as well they did not survive. And when the warships came, we realized our error. But we feared to speak. We purged our guilty leaders, concealed what had happened, and offered our friendship. We invited the opening of diplomatic relations. We made a blunder, it is true. A great blunder. But we have tried to make amends. Where is the ship? The ship? What did you do with it? It was too big to just walk off and forget. Where is it? The two Croatians exchanged looks. We wish to show our contrition, Fifth said. We will show you the ship. Miss Moyle, Reedy said, if I don't come back in a reasonable length of time, transmit that recording to regional headquarters. Sealed. He stood, looking at the Croatian. Let's go, he said. Reedy stooped under the heavy timbers shoring the entry to the cavern. He peered into the gloom at the curving flank of the space-burned hull. Any lights in here? he asked. A Goatian threw a switch. A weak bluish light sprang up. Retief walked along the raised wooden catwalk, studying the ship. Empty emplacements gaped below lensless scanner eyes. Littered decking was visible within the half-open entry port. Near the bow, the words TVS Terrific B-7 New Terror were lettered in bright chrome duraloy. How did you get it in here? Retief asked. This hole here from the landing point some nine miles distant, Fierce said, his voice thinner than ever. This is a natural crevasse. The vessel was lowered into it and roofed over. How did you shield it so the detectors didn't pick it up? Well, here is high-grade iron ore, Fierce said, waving a member. Great veins of almost pure metal. Retief grunted. Let's go inside. Schlu came forward with a hand lamp. The party entered the ship. Retief clambered up a narrow companionway glanced around the interior of the control compartment. Dust was thick on the deck. The stanchions where acceleration catches had been mounted, the empty instrument panels, the litter of sheared bolts, 
scraps of wire and paper. A thin frosting of rust dulled the exposed metal, where cutting torches had sliced away heavy shielding. There was a faint odour of stale bedding. The cargo compartment, Shlu began. I've seen enough, Retief said. Silently, the Gwawasians led the way back out of the tunnel into the late afternoon sunshine. As they climbed the slope to the steam car, Fifth came to Retief's side. Indeed, I hope that this will be the end of this unfortunate affair, he said. Now that all this has been fully and honestly shown... You can skip all that, Retief said. You're nine years late. The crew was still alive when the task force called, I imagine. You killed them, or let them die, rather than take the chance of admitting what you've done. We were at fault, Fifth said abjectly. Now we wish only friendship. The Terrific was a heavy cruiser, about 20,000 tons. Retief looked grimly at the slender foreign office official. Where is she, Fifth? I won't settle for a hundred-ton lifeboat. Fifth erected his eye stalk so violently that one eye shell fell off. I know nothing of... of... He stopped. His throat vibrated rapidly as he struggled for calm. My government can entertain no further accusations, Mr. Consul, he said at last. I've been completely candid with you. I've overlooked your probing to matters not properly within your sphere of responsibility. My patience is at an end. Where is that ship? Retief rapped out. You never learn, do you? You're still convinced you can hide the whole thing and forget it. I'm telling you, you can't. We return to the city now, Fifth said. I can do no more. You can and you will, Fifth, Retief said. I intend to get to the truth of this matter. Fifth spoke to Schlu in rapid Croatian. The police chief gestures to his four armed constables. They moved to ring Retief in. Retief eyed Fifth. Don't try it, he said. Or just get yourself in deeper. Fifth clacked his mandibles angrily. Eye Starks canted aggressively toward the terrestrial. Out of deference to your diplomatic status, terrestrial, I shall ignore your insulting remarks, Retief said in his reedy voice. Let us now return to the city. Retief looked at the four policemen. I see your point, he said. Fifth followed him into the car, sat rigidly at the far end of the seat. I advise you to remain very close to your consulate, Fifth said. I advise you to dismiss these fancies from your mind and to enjoy the cultural aspects of life with Groak. Especially, I should not venture out of the city or appear overly curious about matters of concern only to the Groatian government. In the front seat, Schlu looked straight ahead. The loosely sprung vehicle bobbed and swayed along the narrow highway. Retief listened to the rhythmic puffing of the motor and said nothing. Chapter 3 Miss Moyle, Retief said, I want you to listen carefully to what I'm going to tell you. I have to move rapidly now to catch the Goethe off guard. I'm sure I don't know what you're talking about. Miss Moyle snapped, her eyes sharp behind the heavy lenses. If you'll listen, you may find out, Retief said. I have no time to waste, Miss Moyle. They won't be expecting an immediate move, I hope, and that may give me the latitude I need. You're still determined to make an issue of that incident, Miss Moyle snorted. I really can hardly blame the Goethe. They're not a sophisticated race. They had never before met aliens. You're ready to forgive a great deal, Miss Moyle. But it's not what happened nine years ago I'm concerned with. It's what's happening now. I've told you that it's only a lifeboat the Kowasi have hidden out. Don't you understand the implication? The vessel couldn't have come far. The cruiser itself must be somewhere nearby. I want to know where. The Kowasi don't know. They're very cultured, gentle people. You can do irreparable harm to the reputation of terrestrials if you insist... That's my decision. Retief said, I have a job to do and we're wasting time. He crossed the room to his desk, opened a drawer and took out a slim-barreled needler. 
This office is being watched not very efficiently, if I know the Gwaisi. I think I'd get past them all right. What are you going to do with that? Miss Moyle stared at the needle. What in the world? The Gwaisi won't waste any time destroying every piece of paper in our files relating to this thing. I have to get what I need before it's too late. If I wait for an official inquiry commission, they'll find nothing but blank smiles. You're out of your mind. Miss Miles stood up, quivering with indignation. You're like a... a... The logical next move for the Gwaisi is to dispose of both of us. We're the only ones who know what happened. Fifth almost did the job this afternoon, but I bluffed him out for the moment. Miss Miles emitted a shrill laugh. Your fantasy is getting the better of you, she gasped. In danger, indeed. Disposing of me. I've never heard anything so ridiculous. Stay in the office. Close and safe lock the door. You've got food and water in the dispenser. I suggest you stock up before they shut the supply down. Don't let anyone in on any pretext, whatever. I'll keep in touch with you via handphone. What are you planning to do? If I don't make it back here, transmit the sealed record of this afternoon's conversation, along with the information I've given you. Beam it through on a Mayday priority. Then tell Gawashi what you've done and sit tight. I think you'll be all right. It won't be easy to blast in here, and anyway, they won't make things worse by killing you. A force can be here in a week. I'll do nothing of the sort. The Kuwaiti are very fond of me. You, journey come lately, roughneck, setting out to destroy. Blame it on me if it'll make you feel any better, Reedy said. But don't be fool enough to trust them. He pulled on a cape, opened the door. They'll be back in a couple of hours, he said. Miss Moyle stared after him silently as he closed the door. It was an hour before dawn when Retief keyed the combination to the safe lock and stepped into the darkened consular office. He looked tired. Miss Moyle, dozing in a chair, awoke with a start. She looked at Retief, rose and snapped on a light, turned to stare. What in the world? Where have you been? What's happened to your closing? I got a little dirty. Don't worry about it. Retief went to his desk, opened a drawer and replaced the needler. Where have you been? Miss Moyle demanded. I stayed here. I'm glad you did, Reedief said. I hope you piled up a supply of food and water from the dispenser, too. We'll be holed up here for a week at least. He jutted figures on a pad. Warm up the official sender. I have a long transmission for regional headquarters. Are you going to tell me where you've been? I have a message to get off first, Miss Moyle, Reedief said sharply. I've been to the foreign ministry, he added. I'll tell you about it later. That's this hour? There's no one there. Exactly, Miss Moyle gasped. You mean you broke in? You burgled the foreign office? That's right, Reedief said calmly. Now. This is absolutely the end, Miss Miles said. Thank heavens I've already. Get that sender going, woman, Retief snapped. This is important. I've already done so, Mr. Retief, Miss Miles said harshly. I've been waiting for you to come back here. She turned to the communicator, flipped levers. The screen snapped aglow, and a wavering long-distance image appeared. He's here now, Miss Miles said to the screen. She looked at Retief triumphantly. That's good, Retief said. I don't think the Croatia can knock us off the air, but... I've done my duty, Mr. Retief. Miss Moyle said. Made a full report to regional headquarters last night as soon as you left this office. Any doubts I may have had as the rightness of that decision have been completely dispelled by what you just told me. Retief looked at her levelly. You've been a busy girl, Miss Moyle. Did you mention the six terrestrials who were killed here? That had no bearing on the matter of your wild behaviour. I must say, in all my years in the Corps, I've never encountered a personality less suited to diplomatic work. The screen crackled, the ten-second transmission lag having elapsed. Mr. Retief, the face on the screen said. I'm Consular Party, DSO-1, Deputy Undersecretary for the Region. I've received a report on your conduct and makes it mandatory for me to relieve you administratively. Vice Miss Yolanda Moyle, DAO-9, pending the findings of a Board of Inquiry, you will... Retief reached out and snapped off the communicator. The triumphant look faded from Miss Moyle's face. Why? What is the meaning? If I'd listened any longer, I might have heard something I couldn't ignore. I can't ignore that at this moment. Listen, Miss Moyle. 
Reedief went on earnestly. I found the missing cruiser. You heard him relieve you? I heard him say he was going to, Miss Marl. But until I've heard and acknowledged a verbal order, it has no force. If I'm wrong, he'll get my resignation. If I'm right, that suspension will be embarrassing all round. You're defying lawful authority. I'm in charge here now, Miss Marl stepped to the local communicator. I'm going to report this terrible thing to the Gorisi at once and offer my profound... Don't touch that screen, Reedy said. You go sit in that corner where I can keep an eye on you. I'm going to make a sealed tape for transmission to headquarters, along with a call for an armed task force. Then we'll settle down to wait. Reedy ignored Miss Miles' fury as he spoke into the recorder. The local communicator chimed. Miss Miles jumped up, staring at it. Go ahead, Reedy said. Answer it. A Croatian official appeared on the screen. Yolanda Moyle, he said without preamble. For the Foreign Ministry of the Croatian Autonomy, I herewith accredit you as Terrestrial Consul to Groak, in accordance with the advices transmitted to my government direct from the Terrestrial Headquarters. As Consul, you are requested to make available for questioning Mr. Jake Ritif, former Consul, in connection with the assault on two peacekeepers and illegal entry into the offices of the Ministry for Foreign Affairs. Why, why, Miss Miles stammered. Yes, of course, and I do want to express my deepest regrets. To be concluded.